Author Spotlight. I'm Rachel Barenbaum, author of A Bend in the Stars, and I cannot tell you how excited I am for our guest today, the one and only Charlotte McGonaghy. She is absolutely brilliant. Her first debut, Migrations, came out last year, and I couldn't get her on the show because she's in Australia. So I'm finally getting her for the paperback and her brand new second book, Once There Were Wolves. Charlotte, congratulations. Tell me, what is Once There Were Wolves about? <laughs> Thank you. That was such a, an enthusiastic introduction. Um, one I love you. <laughs> I love your books. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Uh, so this new novel is about uh, a scientist called Inti Flynn who arrives in Scotland in order to um, reintroduce a pack of grey wolves into the Scottish Highlands in order to rewild the landscape there, which is suffering. Um, and she's brought her sister with her who she hopes she can heal as well as the landscape. Um, but there's a lot of pushback from the locals who kind of don't want her there because they're um, a farming community. And it's not long before a body turns up and Inti knows that <laughs> it's uh, definitely going to be her wolves that get blamed. So she does it quite a reckless, um, she makes a reckless decision to protect them. And uh, what follows is a, a love story, um, a bit of a murder mystery. Um, and ultimately, I think it's the story of rewilding not just a landscape, but ourselves as well. That is said so beautifully. I'm not surprised. Um, so uh, I read that you said um, you write the story that you want to read, right? That's not out there, that you really have taken Toni Morrison's message to heart. And I just love that. Um, could you talk about that and tell me what that means to you? Yeah, of course. Um, that's always been my philosophy um, since I've been writing. I started very young um, and I started... Uh, most of my first books were sort of fantasy and sci-fi and very escapist. You know, I wanted to kind of write to have adventures without leaving the safety of my bedroom. <laughs> but I guess since I've been older, I've, I've been more aware of the world around me and what's, what's happening in it. And it feels really important to me to kind of write about the things that are frightening me and... Um, the things that I love as well. So I try and infuse all of that into, into the novels that I write. In this one in particular, it's got everything <laughs> that I love. It's, you know, it's got a bit of a mystery. It's got love stories. It's got um, family drama, a bit of noir. It's nature writing, just kind of all the stuff that I like crammed into one. And hopefully it'll have a little something of everything <laughs> something for everyone. I love that. So um, one of the things that uh, is a theme in both of these books that I absolutely adore is you really write about fierce women, and in particular women who are not necessarily in traditional female roles. And um, in Once There Were Wolves, I just have to read this passage because I felt like this summed up your women. And I would love you to talk about this. Um, so Inti is coming, she's approaching a horse. Um, and it says, uh, she tosses her head and stamps a hoof. She is fierce and defiant. I move closer and she rears, thundering hooves, landing with a crack. I wonder if she knows her fury will kill her, if maybe she's fine with that. Maybe she would charge toward oblivion rather than return to whatever she fled. I just yeah. love that. It sort of sums up the women in your books. 
<laughs> I, I it thought. does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me in particular this novel um, was really a way for me to write my own anger about what I was witnessing happening in the world and the harm that people are doing to the natural world but also to each other. You know, we have, there's two kind of main themes I think in this novel which is um well, two things that I was most angry about, and that was the slaughter of innocent animals and male violence against women. So I I needed to sort of work out how these two things would go together into this novel. Um, and it sort of came down to empathy for me and the lack of empathy. And, and I think I was writing from a very angry place, um, <laughs> which was a little bit different to Migrations, which was kind of, I guess, more of a sad place um but this one it felt really liberating to me to write a character who could feel all her fury and just embrace it and kind of be a mouthpiece for my own sort of frustrations and angers and 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 to kind of defiantly refuse to forgive the things that shouldn't be forgiven um, so, <laughs> of course, she goes through more of a healing process as well. She doesn't, <laughs> I think it's important to kind of take her on a bit of a journey to catharsis rather than just leaving her being furious the whole time. <laughs> but, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, there's definitely a lot of violence um, in that sense and violence towards women. But I also read a lot of hope, um, yeah. you know, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Way. Totally. I mean, I think that's really important for my stuff. I would never write something that was going to leave readers feeling despairing or um, any lack of hope because I think hope kind of, it really energizes us in a way that we need. We need to finish things feeling uplifted rather than kind of worse than when we started them. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I love that you're talking about that journey because um, there's also a passage in this book. I feel like you read my favorite passages <laughs> before we got on here because <laughs> uh, there's a scene um, where Inti is with, uh, let's say, a love interest, her love interest. And he's yep. saying, what kind of thing must you be? What kind of thing are you? Right. I love that question because it's asking, I think, the bigger question for me. I read that as what kind of woman are you? What does it mean to be a woman? Right sister, mother, lover. I, I just, you know, I felt like that was all in that question. What kind of thing are you? And women are asked that and asking themselves that all the time. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to define, isn't it? Because I think we're so many things and we're so much more than the things that we get boxed out to be. Um, and that's one of the nice ideas I think about wildness and rewilding I think it allows us to expand and be more than perhaps what we thought or what people see us as. I love that but at the same time as we're expanding I'm struck by the idea that um, you have some very lonely women characters you present it first and yet there are packs in both books right the turns supposedly right they fly in flocks wolves right are in packs and you have the twin sisters <laughs> they're sort of pack so there's this juxtaposition of loneliness and yet being together somehow yeah I think I think that that idea of characters who are lonely or wanting to be alone um marries really nicely with the idea that we're actually we need each other 
in a way. Um, and, and there's, you know, we can take uh, inspiration from that, from the animal kingdom, from wolves in particular. They're incredibly kind of pack driven and, and loyal to each other and loving. Like they have so much love and, and kindness for each other that it's such a nice thing to kind of try and take on board as humans and to remember. So for Inti, um, you know, she, I think she wants to get away from people and to be sort of isolated and alone because she's just seen too much damage. She's witnessed too much harm um, and she's had enough. She's had enough of people. She's lost faith in them. Um, but I think it's it's really important for her to remember that she she needs people as well. You know, we need we need nature, but we need each other. So I'm dying to ask, because I felt like she needed her sister. The connection was very clear. But why were they twins? Why was that important to you? I really like, I've always been fascinated with, with I guess, the secret languages that twins can sometimes share. <laughs> not, not all twins, but sometimes you get really amazing, intimate, secret worlds that they sort of live in and, and they have these uh, kind of almost magical connections with each other that I found really fascinating. And, and it reflected for me the uh, secret language that the wolves were speaking to each other and the secret language of trees and the language of all of nature, you know, that kind of amazing balance that the ecosystem shares. And, and I, I just, it felt like a really nice reflection that they would almost be able to live within that silent space. I love that. And I love that you brought the land in there too, because um, the land and the environment obviously is huge in both of your books here, Migrations, right? And Once There Were Wolves, um, right? And this, um, you sort of set them both at a time where the land is crumbling. Um, and yet I also felt hope in both of them. Like maybe we can still repair it. Yeah. Oh, massively. I mean, I think we have to all have hope, don't we? I mean, there's no, otherwise we're just going to give up and it will be too, it's so easy to become apathetic and to lose hope and to despair over this, over what's happening. But it's also really important to remember that there are a lot of things that we can do to, to change this and to, to course correct, essentially. So it's, yeah, it's always important for my books to be about striving towards that. I love that. I was, I'm so glad it's there because I think that, um, you know, it is a very human thing to sort of go deep into, I don't know, like a dark place, right? Everybody goes into a dark place at some point and yet you have to find your way back through that and you bring your characters through that and hopefully we're bringing the world <laughs> right back through that. I, I'm hoping and you definitely yeah. have that in there as something that we're, we could work on still. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you want your readers to take away from this book? Um, I would love for them to feel a sense of energy from it. I want them to feel energized to be able to, to make changes in their own lives. Um, I want them to feel or to remember a deeper connection to the beautiful kind of wild spaces around us, but also to the wildness within us, um, because that's such a pleasure to kind of rediscover and to let flourish. Um, I hope they feel a sense of connection to the people in their lives. 
um, a little less lonely in this sort of scary time. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so you said that sometimes when you're writing, I'm going to shift gears a little bit to the writing process itself. Um, but sometimes when you're writing, you go into a dark place, right? You, you sort of sync with your characters. Um, and I would love to hear you talk about sort of how that feels and how you come out of that. Like, how do you then finish your day and go make dinner? You know? Yeah, that's hard. I won't lie. That's a, that's really hard. It feels like, sometimes it feels like being underwater and then wading out into somewhere that's very surreal <laughs> like it's it's almost like coming from the real world into the false world as in the making of the dinner is the false world <laughs> so but yeah look it's it's I think as writers we're inclined to kind of go to those dark spaces um in a way it's sort of why we write because we want to plumb the depths um and also I think because we know that there is uh a lot of fulfillment in being able to write out of them <laughs> and that's where you get the catharsis by taking your characters deep and then bringing them back out again you I mean we're all just trying to kind of understand this life and what we're doing here and and I think you know part of that exploration is is diving deep into the spaces that we wouldn't normally let ourselves and I think that's why readers love going there with books um, and they love kind of coming out the other side of it as well so yeah it's it's strange it's a strange profession <laughs> to have but it's kind of I would wouldn't trade it for the world yeah so what is it how do you get yourself into that dark space and so deeply into those characters in the first place yeah, that can be hard. Um, like it's probably the most challenging thing that I find about writing. Like I'll sit down and if I'm not in that mood, I it'll just nothing will come out. So part of the challenge is, is allowing myself to sink down into that space, finding the right triggers. It, music for me is a major help. Um, I If I need to write, kind of something really intense um I need to have the right music on I need to be feeling in the, that that sort of melancholy space <laughs> um sometimes it helps to kind of write really late at night so it feels like the rest of the world is you know has disappeared and I'm the only one left <laughs> there's that sense of isolation and loneliness um yeah I mean it's all it's it's tricky <laughs> I'm picturing you in a dark room with like a single light yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in your computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> so what was the hardest part about getting published in the first place? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's really hard to crack into uh, the American market, of course, because um, there's so much wonderful writing out there in the world. Um, but I was very lucky in that I came across my, I, I found my agent um, and she took me on and then we kind of went into submission with migrations. And I was, again, very lucky um, to find my editor. But, you know, like that's that was a near thing. That was a near miss. It nearly didn't 
kind of get picked up. So migrations um, almost didn't get picked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of rejections as well, you know, as as all writers kind of experience. But all you need is that one person, that one, and and it's got to be the right timing. Like it's all things need to line up very kind of cosmically <laughs> for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like there's a lot of luck involved. It really does seem like the Australian and the American markets are so different. Um, yeah. I can't quite figure out why. <laughs> Do you have insight into that? <laughs> no, I don't know either. I mean, we're a lot smaller over here, mm-hmm. um, which makes a big difference to, you know, the risks that we can take. Um, all of my earlier publishing was here in Australia, um, but I decided for my uh, first kind of literary fiction novels that I wanted to go I wanted to try my luck in America first which I'm very glad that I did <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's it's obviously just a much bigger market yeah and so when Amazon named migrations best book of the year did that just like blow up yeah that was everything? crazy <laughs> that was imagine. really really crazy yeah. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Thank you. So my last question for you before we go, because we're almost out of time, um, is what kind of advice do you have for new writers? I think my main advice, they will have heard this a million times, but it can't be said enough. Write what you're passionate about, because writing's really hard. It's It can be lonely. It can be a slog. You get lost. You get stuck. It takes a long time. So if you're not writing about the things that you're most passionate about, you're, you know, you're going to get lost and you're going to give up basically. So the passion really pulls you through. Um, and it also translates directly onto the page. People can feel that passion when they read. It's important Um in every sense possible. So don't worry about what the market's doing. Don't worry about what you think editors want. Just write from the heart. That's fabulous. Fantastic advice. Charlotte, thank (laughs) you so much for your time. Congratulations on Once There Were Wolves and Migrations. I am a super fan. So for anybody watching or listening, run, don't walk and get copies of these books and read them right away. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Beth.